Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to Be On Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. If you're an entrepreneur, coach, author, or have a brand and are trying to grow your business, or even if you just have a message to share, then this show is for you. We are sharing proven blueprints to amplify yourself, and we'll discuss every step of the podcaster's journey to give you the mindset, tools, and community that you need to launch and grow your own impactful podcasting platform so that you can be on air. Before we get into today's episode, if you haven't already, please subscribe. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider sharing this podcast with someone who might benefit from it. Your support helps so much. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hey, 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 what's up, fam? Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kaylee Marks, and today I'm speaking with relationship coach and co-host of the Advanced Relationship Podcast, Bryce Bauer. He has a fascinating story and drops some real wisdom when it comes to marketing your podcast, leveraging online communities, and how to build a thriving relationship. I'm really excited for you guys to dig in and get some value out of this episode. Welcome, Bryce. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so grateful for your time, and I'm really excited to get into our conversation about your work, about your podcast journey. And just to start, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about what you're up to and and what you're working on. Yeah, so uh, I live in Salt Lake City with my wife, and we both do relationship coaching, which is kind of unique. So we do some work together, and then I work, I do relationship coaching on my own. I also facilitate online men's groups. Um, we do live events. We have another one coming up here in a couple of weeks that my wife and I are running. So that's my full-time job. I mean, I spend a lot of time working on that. My wife and I are always collaborating and brainstorming in our free time. We get outside a lot. Um, yeah, that's work is a big part of my life right now. It's amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so curious if you could just talk a little bit about what a relationship coach does and maybe like what the difference is between therapy and a coach and, and just like how that, how that works. Yeah. So usually people are coming to me because they have some struggle. It's usually with their intimate partner. So it's either a couple that's struggling to communicate. Um, sometimes they're on the cusp of divorce. Sometimes they're just really looking to up-level their relationship. Like things are already pretty good, but something just feels a little bit off. I also work with people that are single that are looking to get back into dating or, or are newly dating and they want to create a nice foundation for the relationship moving forward. And then I think the difference between coaching and therapy, even though there's a lot of overlap, is that in coaching, there's a lot more challenge. Like I'm, I'm hoping to get results pretty quickly with people. I don't want people just coming in and telling me their problems over and over. I think that people can get into a pattern of doing that. Um, so yeah, I bring in a lot of challenge. We have we have uh, a goal that we're, we're aiming towards and we're tracking that the entire time. So uh, I think that's, that can be a little bit different than therapy. I'm, I'm not doing any trauma work either. Um, not working in the medical model. So I can maybe, and then from a marketing standpoint, we can just do more as coaches than, than some therapists can do. Right. That makes sense. I've never thought about that. And I'd love to talk a little bit about the, the business side of, of what you're doing. Um, you know, I find it interesting. I'm going through deeper, you've been through deeper uh, under a mentor, Jason Gaddis and the relationship school. 
uh, and you're, you know, you, you've trained there. The truth of the matter is like people like to think that business and, and like personal matters are very different, but I feel like at the core of everything, we're humans and we're in relationship with each other. And so, you know, I'm curious, have you seen that your work, you know, in the relationship coach world has impacted your business? And if so, how have you seen that connect and, and work together? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it really is kind of all the same. Like I have my relationship with my wife, which helps me in my business. Uh, I think understanding people in general helps me with marketing because I think it's really easy to come off too salesy or not really um, confident enough in selling what I am selling. So uh, I think it's all relational, the relationship to myself. I need to keep working on that. If, if things aren't feeling good with Jenny, I mean, it's going to greatly impact me as a person and that's going to show up in my work um, and vice versa. So, I mean, it really does feel like an interconnected web of relationships that I'm managing to business, to my wife, to the the people in my sphere, my clients, um, people that are just following us. So yeah, it feels super important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely can relate to that when my love, my partner and I are are you know really solid it seems like the projects flourish and everything flourishes right and when we have unresolved conflict that's when it gets a little bit harder to launch things oh yeah i mean i think this is the hardest thing we do in in our life really is like manage our relationship to our intimate partner so i put a lot of effort into try to making it as solid as possible and that really helps launch me into whatever i'm doing in my life but if things don't feel good there um, yeah, it's going to show up. There's going to be a lot of stress that I'm carrying into everything that I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, one thing you just said made me think about, uh, you know, the Jocko podcast. Jocko's talking about how he started an MMA and doing like tournaments, and then he went actual. To, he actually went to war, and then the final, the yeah, final that phase. Crazy. That dude's crazy. The final <clears throat> phase was he he got married and had a family. And almost as if like that is the real, the, the final battleground of dealing with ourselves. So I'm, you know, you have a really unique story with that. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey, how you got into coaching relationship work? And then, you know, I'd love to talk about how that connected you to podcasting, but to start just a little background on your, on your story would be awesome. I mean, I think it goes way back to being a sensitive boy who was thrown into um, a really masculine world. Like I, I grew up playing sports, wrestling and football, um, and then got into drugs and alcohol and partying in high school and in college. And yeah, I ended up at a drug and alcohol treatment center at 18 years old, my freshman year of college. So you're just thrown into the therapy world. Um, not so much by choice, more out of desperation. Um, and when I came out of there, I really realized I'm like, you know, I really, uh, would love to be someone who could help people. I think that would help like me feel fulfilled in my life. So I started working in the therapy, the therapy world um, for addiction treatment centers. Yeah, I found that that doing coaching, um, you know, working with people who had who had already graduated from those treatment centers, um, who are out in the real world, I found like more of a passion doing that. So I went and got certified as a coach. I found the relationship school shortly afterwards, realized that actually relationship coaching was um, even more interesting to me than just general life coaching. My wife is a marriage and family therapist. And uh, I mean, that was a few years ago. And then things have just taken off since then. And 
at this point, I mean, I really do feel like I'm on track with what I want to be doing in my life. And this feels like a lifelong endeavor, endeavor being a relationship coach. Wonderful. That's amazing, man. Yeah. It's uh, I've had the fortunate opportunity to be coached by you a couple of times and both times have been extremely efficient, quick and profound yeah. transformation. One was a live event, right? That was intense. Yeah. It was intense yeah. and awesome. Shit's and, intense. Yeah. You held, you held great space. It's one of the things I really appreciate about you is your presence. And, you know, I, I think this, this model of presence. So I'd like to get back into that, but let's, let's just zoom out a little bit into the technical thing. Like, how did you, how did you start podcasting? Where, where, when did that happen? My wife's been podcasting for like seven years. So she ran the ex Mormon therapist podcast for a while which had a huge following. She's kind of like one of the pioneers here in Utah in the ex-Mormon community. When we met, like I was like, oh, I want to do my own podcast. So I just busted out my laptop. I downloaded Audacity. This is maybe four years ago. And I started a podcast that I don't do anymore, which was called Raising the Bottom. And I was just telling people my story of uh, going through addiction. And I was interviewing some of my friends and um, a couple other people uh, but it was like the sound quality was terrible. I didn't know what I was doing. I wasn't consistent. Yeah, when I got more into relationship work a few years ago, that's when my wife and I started doing the podcast together and we created a new one called the Advanced Relationship Podcast. So that one, we've been way more consistent. We have a, a schedule. We do some together, some separate. We do interviews. I think we just did our 80th episode now. So congrats. Going for a bit. Yeah, that's that's huge. And uh, it's I highly recommend anyone listening to go check out, subscribe, uh, leave a review, check out their podcast. You guys talk about some really real stuff. Anyone in a relationships and even not in a relationship is going to find a topic that relates to something they're going through. And one of the really unique things about your show is being a married couple. You guys are, you guys model how an advanced relationship, you know, can go how how a couple can speak to each other and that's been really invaluable to to hear that live yeah yeah well and also how it cannot go because i mean that's what i think jenny would agree here is like we want to be real people on this podcast and share that like we go through lots of struggles too even though this is our profession even though we have lots of skills there there can still be lots of struggle and and how to stay in it and how to stay relaxed and connected through the process so um, hopefully we come across that way as like, we're not like total experts in any one area, but we are a couple, a really normal couple dealing with normal issues that are finding better and better ways to work through things. And we also bring on some really talented people that we interview. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a huge point I think is kind of, uh, dispelling the illusion that somehow we're going to not have conflict in relationships, whether they're friendships or our romantic partnerships and, um, I think that's that's a huge reassurance for a lot of people when they hear, oh, even a relationship therapist or couples therapist or coach, they even get into conflict and have challenges. And that is just, it's like, it's relieving to, to know we're all going through this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this was great. You started a show and that didn't, you know, you said you didn't, you weren't consistent. The sound quality wasn't great. Then you, you, you know, collaborated with your wife and you're doing, you know, you're reaching episode 80 and, and building a thriving community around it. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, what would you have done differently if you could go back to launch your show in a successful way? The goal of this show is to help people learn from people who have gone through this process and are reaching 
you know, a certain pivot point or a certain tipping point of success. So what would you recommend for, you know, if you could go back and start, if you could give yourself advice? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, I think first off, I just didn't understand how much time it would take. Like it is kind of a part-time job doing a podcast. Um, so blocking out enough time to really sit with what you want out of an episode, out of the podcast, making bullet points, recording. A lot of times I've had to record, I mean, especially more in the beginning, I would record a whole podcast and I'd be like, I don't like that. I don't like how that sounds, you know? So it took a lot of patience. Sometimes I did re-record um, and then editing can take a lot of time. And yeah, I think staying consistent, but, but just knowing that it does take a ton of time um, and also just getting, getting it out there consistently. Like there, there are tons of times when I say something that I'm like, uh, like, I'm not totally sure about that, but I mean, just release it week after week after week. Um, like it's okay. You know, it's okay to, to, uh, to make mistakes here. And it's, I almost never listen to the podcast back. Cause I just feel like too anxious. Um, listening to myself talk. <laughs> I resonate with that. Yeah. I resonate with that. It's very vulnerable. How, how do you, how do you coach yourself to keep putting it out? Even though, um, even though it is vulnerable and even though you may not be sure about something like how, how do you, how do you just have that consistency? So I meditate almost every morning and especially on Mondays is when we, we record that seems to help. Yeah. So I think, I think breathing and, and trying to stay mindful throughout the process. And um, I mean, one framework that comes into mind is like, I don't want this to seem like more work. So I want to have fun. So I try to keep this, this mindset, like, how do I have fun while I'm doing this? Even if like, I all of a sudden feel like insecure, like, how do I keep having fun throughout the process? So yeah, people don't want to hear someone trying to pretend to be someplace they're not or be someone they're not. So uh, yeah, try to be as real as possible. I love that. I was just listening to Gary V little micro content on Instagram. And he's basically saying people like people, people like doing business with people and people can tell if you're being a person on camera or if it's like some yeah. trade. And so I feel like that's, that's some really gold advice there. And that mindset of how do I have fun with this? That's really powerful. I've never really like played that in my mind, but I really, I think that's a really useful takeaway is, to really monitor what what our experience is during the recording process and see how can we make that as enjoyable as possible. Yeah, and I'm even noticing it now, like getting on here, I mean, you'd have this huge wave of nervousness um, and slowly relaxing into it and trying to have more fun here with you because, yeah, I don't, I don't know how this whole thing's going to go, but uh, I do want to have fun and connect and yeah, hopefully that comes through. Yeah, I love it. And I love uh, talking about the present moment and what's coming up that the nervousness is sort of like grabbing tail, you know, grabbing the tail of a wild animal and hoping that it, you know, takes you somewhere good uh, going on the journey of the interview. What are you noticing right now with your podcast? Like, how is it transforming your business or how is it supporting your your goals, your work goals? You said uh, work is your is like one of your primary focuses right now. So how is yeah. that podcast supporting that for you? Yeah. So we kind of, we have a few things going on. Like we have our Facebook group and we have our podcast. Um, we have our live events and our, our newsletter, our client base. So um, I think it all kind of feeds together right now. Uh, I think having a, a Facebook group that we can keep putting, we can keep engaging with people in that way. Like our last podcast um, we were talking about sex. So we, 
we put out a bunch of questions on Facebook. We asked for questions on Facebook, and then we brought that into the interview that we did with a sex therapist we brought on. Um, and then we're, that actually just released today. So then I'm going to tag those people that ask questions and be like, hey, here we are giving you uh, like free content here and free help. Yeah, I think that helps engage people more um, in the Facebook group and more listeners to the podcast. People tell their friends. So um, those are the two big pieces I see uh, like working for each other. Mostly I've, I've been getting clients through the relationship school and Google. But now more and more, we're getting people saying like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I really like it. Um, I'm interested in coaching. So that, that's kind of a newer thing as we started this, this Facebook group only like four or five months ago. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm hearing that the Facebook community is a way to nurture your listeners and have direct access to them and talk to them and, you know, get polls and questions in and, and that helps the podcast. But then it also, um, you know, outside of Google and other networks you're part of your, it sounds like the podcast kind of serves as, as uh, in a way for warm leads to get a sense of your work and your style and, and what you're about. And that can help build sort of that, that relationship that maybe pushes them over the edge to book a, a co actual coaching session. Is, is that right? Yeah. I may reframe that some in that I want to give a ton of free content to people, a ton of free help. And then if people see gaps in there, like they're trying to do, this tool or this skill, this exercise with their partner that they may reach out to us um, to fill in those gaps. But really, ideally, we want to help as many people as we can. And we want to put out really great content. So people are sharing it with their friends. And we're really helping a lot of people with this. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And I, I'm in that group. And I see how all the great conversations that are happening, all the vulnerability and shares. And um, I think that's really the power of broadcasting your your mission and your purpose is you can you can really affect change and impact people's lives and that's really it's a powerful thing you're doing and so you have live events too um yeah. i'm curious like is that still uh, how are you how are you managing that right now with everything that's been happening with covid and are you able to kind of get together still in, in live events or is that on pause yeah, I mean, I, I have mixed feelings about it because I know that some people are concerned. So we're going to keep it pretty small. I think we have 10 people going um, and it's going to be at a lake house up in the mountains. So, um, yeah, we're going to try to socially distance as much as possible and, and make sure no one if anyone has any symptoms they're they're not they're not going to go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we like to keep that going on a regular basis because I think meeting in person is just something that there's something you can get from that that you can't get from doing video calls or um, like uh, online workshops. So totally keep that going. Yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. That's awesome. And uh, is there still space in that? It depends. Uh, like we have another couple that's kind of on the fence. So I, I'm guessing it's it's going to be full, actually. And by the time this gets released, this is it's not this coming weekend, but the next weekend, I have a feeling it's, it's going to be full. There's, there's six bedrooms and it's, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So it's going to be something where you, you really probably are going to need to stay there. So, um, I think, I think we're full. Yeah. That's congrats. That's wonderful news. And yeah, you know, you're promoting the episodes, you're promoting your coaching business. Um, Jenny has her practice. How, how do you guys, how do you guys promote all that. And like, do you have any, any tips for podcasters who are trying to get their show out, especially if they're coaches and they're trying to leverage their, their practice? Like what have you found is working 
uh, what's one or two things that you might recommend? I've been a big fan of Google. So like anytime I work with someone, I'm like, hey, will you please leave me, leave me a review? Um, I get quite a few leads through there. My website is attached to there. The podcast is attached to there. We have our Facebook group, which we're promoting the podcast. Um, we have our newsletter where we're promoting the podcast. Anytime we do an episode, we send it out. Everything's kind of interconnected here, and it it's, it leads people either to our Facebook group or the podcast. And, the, and there they're going to get community with the Facebook group or they're going to get content with um, the podcast. And, yeah, I mean, I think those are a couple big things that people are, are looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And what's your what's your workflow, if you could – walk us through briefly kind of like it's Monday you're going to do a recording like is everything set up do you have to set it up what's that whole process like from from like start the idea of an episode to actually publishing it yeah so we have a four-hour block on Monday so it's eight to noon and we're, we're basically coming in cold um, if we have ideas I might take notes or Jenny might take notes you know, the week prior to, but really we're coming in cold. There are weeks where she'll lead. So she's in charge of the topic. There are weeks where I'll lead. And then there are weeks where it's just me solo, or it's just Jenny solo. And if we're doing a solo podcast, we might uh, do an interview with someone. I guess it depends on what we're doing. So like uh, an interview, just like you're doing with me, might send a few questions, uh, send a couple of emails back and forth. What do you want to share? Here's what we're looking for. But yeah, we're, we're coming in kind of just like open to whatever, whatever happens. When it is Jenny and I, we're going to have at least a few specific topics that we're going to cover, usually a few listener questions. I think it's really important to bring those in um, so that we can like tag people and say like, hey, we're answering your question here um, and make a direct connection to, to someone who's listening or who's in our Facebook group. That's huge. I think that's huge. I've noticed a lot of people just put out the episodes, but they don't actually have a direct link and they, they're not engaged, maybe a little on social media, but they're not really bringing the listeners into the show. And I, I feel like that's one of the you know strengths that you guys have is you're really mobilizing your community. And I think that's that's why so many people are being impacted is they're getting their questions answered. They're you know, they can relate to the content so much. So I think that's a great strategy. Yeah. And that's like another tip I would probably give people is like, you don't have to try too hard to come up with content. Like, even if you have a friend who has a question, you know, like use that, like use what people want to know and use their words. I spend a lot of time trying to like come up with what do I think people want to hear about versus just straight up asking people, what do you want to know about? That is a really important thing uh, for anyone trying to grow their business and trying to find their ideal client and what their client's main uh, challenges is literally going into groups and all this and, and learning from people with questions. So that's, that's a gold nugget that you just gave there. Um, speaking of gold nuggets, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, going stepping back into relationships and communication? Is there anything that you've been able to implement from your training in podcasting and in interviewing? Is there any tool that you could kind of share with us for how we can build deeper connection with people we're interviewing and how we can um, maybe get the most out of a situation? First, I think trying to be relaxed enough, which can be challenging. And because I think when, when I'm feeling relaxed, uh, it's easier for me to come up with questions spontaneously and not get caught up in my head, speak more from the heart, really running with my curiosity uh, with people. If I'm interviewing them, it's like, you know, I, I sometimes I come to a crossroads in my mind where I'm like, I don't know if I should ask about that. 
I think it's better to just, to just go with it um, and, and stay with it. Like if I'm trying to do a lot of work here to come up with like the best questions uh, I think I'm going to get burned out pretty quickly versus just really going with what is this person wanting to talk about uh, attuning to them? Uh, what are they? Yeah. Where's the energy here? And, and to stay with them instead of like trying to stay on my side and be like the professional interviewer. Could you unpack the word attunement a little bit for our listeners? I think that's a really important piece you just said there. I mean, some of the components of it is if I'm really paying attention to what the other person is saying, I'm watching their body language, I'm listening to their tone. um, I should intuitively know like kind of what's going on for them. And and that can help direct some of my questions, uh, and I also need to be doing that with myself at the same time. So um, attunement is, if I were to kind of describe it, it's like trying to match the frequency of someone else's energy um, by paying attention to them. Mm, powerful. That's amazing. That's a great skill. And I think a uh, really key piece, right? And I love what you're saying about uh, following curiosity and letting, because that's going to be more, more of a, rather than my preconceived plan for the interview, it's going to be like what's coming up now in the moment. And I think that maybe is part of the key to finding that energy, you know, similarity is like what's coming up right now. Yeah, totally. I mean, and I can like bounce back and forth because I might want to get to a few points, but I notice when I let the conversation kind of free flow, it feels better than if I'm like, okay, now this, okay, now this. Totally. That makes sense. You know, we didn't get into any of your MMA stuff. I'm curious kind of how to thread that through because I think it's uh, awesome and I love martial arts. And so kind yeah. of where did MMA fit into that whole journey? Yeah, I I grew up playing rough sports. I was a really good wrestler. Um, I played second in the state my senior year. And uh, so I, I always had like I just was pretty good at fighting and I got into a lot of fights in in high school. I had a lot of training um, in boxing and wrestling. So it kind of felt pretty natural to come out of um, when I, when I got sober, I wanted something that was exciting that could like give me the same high that the drugs and alcohol did. And so I just found a local gym. This is back when it wasn't even like, I don't even think some of my first fights were sanctioned. They're not recorded or anything. They were just like in bars. They just like put up this <laughs> rank, rinky dink ring. Like I remember like my first fight, I could jump, I could like almost touch the ceiling. Cause the, like the, the ring was like raised up. Um, and it was just like chain link fence. Um, and we just went at it, you know, there was a ref and everything. Mad but, Max uh, it was style. like, yeah, this is like in 2008. When I moved out to Utah, there was a really good gym here that Jeremy Horn owns. Uh, he's has, I think more MMA fights than anyone in the history of the world. A lot of people that watched MMA in the early, early days, uh, will recognize his name, but he has a gym here in Salt Lake city. So I got involved with him. It was a lot more professional, um, yeah. And I fought on and off for, for five or six years and wow. it was definitely a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, it's terrifying. Um, it's, it's intense. Like the, the difference between winning and losing is just very different experiences. Um, and, uh, I can honestly say now looking back, like it never really felt good to like punch someone in the face or, or hurt them. But I think I kind of numb my, like turned off my emotions to that a bit. Um, cause that's what I was kind of trained myself to do. And when I got with Jenny, she came, this is five years ago, we started dating and I was still fighting actively and she came to a couple fights. And on the second one, uh, I got kicked in the head pretty hard once and might've got a concussion. I don't know. 
uh, never went and got it checked out, but she was like, yeah, I'm actually not going to, I don't want to watch this anymore. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a break. And yeah, I never really went back. I think I just, uh, I value my health a lot more in my brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it sounds like you, uh, shifted into the next level of fighting of like how to fight so well that you can do it in loving partnership with someone else without destroying them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now a different type of, uh, of fighting. Yeah. But I still really appreciate the sport. I love watching UFC. It's a, it's an interesting part of part of my life. So there's this thing too, with like, I'm curious, um, men's work fighting, how you're opening up men to be more emotive, to be more in touch with their emotions, but also you're, you know, you, you, you've been through some shit and you've, you've dealt with some challenges that have made you a lot stronger and able to handle difficult situations. So how, how do you work with men to help them get connected to this other part of like, maybe not bashing, but, but communicating in? Yeah. Well, I think such a big, one of the big things I've realized is that I don't have to do a whole lot except create the container for men to come and connect. Like not a lot of guys have a space like this where they can come and get still and talk about how they're really feeling. So um, I noticed that just even doing that, just showing up and be like, Hey, how's it, how's it going in your life? You know, what are the highs? What are the lows? What do you feel shame about? What do you, what do you feel excited about in your life? What do you want? Just asking those questions and creating, um, creating the circle uh, is, is a majority of the work guys want to express themselves. They want to have friends that they can really talk to. And there, there aren't many avenues to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little curious if you think a couple things, like, do you think there's a, a, a true generalization that men are trained to be a little more shut down around their emotions? Oh yeah, they for sure are. I was, lots of guys are, um, I think just about any guy will admit that, you know, if we go back into their history, there were signals from their parents or society that, that told them that emotions mean you're weak and you can't be vulnerable. You'll get run over. And I think that even, uh, the world in a lot of ways kind of, kind of works like that, unfortunately. I mean, I was just watching little pieces of the, uh, presidential debate from last night and it was like there it is right there you know like that's how bad men are at communicating and feeling into the emotions and and i mean the the frustration and the anger is just palpable um so and it's just they haven't learned you know like i didn't learn how to do conflict all i knew how to do was like fight some men shrink and collapse um so i mean there's there's definitely better ways but just it wasn't taught in school it wasn't taught in families it's not taught in society so that's what i'm trying to do here is get guys together and be like hey like here's a better way here's a better way to talk about what's going on and to connect mm, powerful so needed to um I, it's been a journey for me to learn how to feel what i'm feeling communicate that in a way that doesn't totally shut down the people around me or, or, you know, like how how can I be authentically me and do that in a kind way so that they're receptive to it. And, you know, how do we get our needs met together? So that's amazing work you're doing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, great. Can you share, where can people find you? What are the best places to get in touch and, and, you know, learn more about your work and get some of these tools. Yeah. So you can find me a few different ways. I have my website, BryceBauer.com. We have the advanced relationship podcast, Facebook page, and then we have the advanced relationship podcast. And through one of those avenues, they're all kind of interconnected. 
uh, you can read more about everything that Jenny and I are doing. Incredible. Congratulations to you both for just being brave and courageous and out there and helping people. And, you know, I'm seeing the effects and it's, it's awesome. We need, we need more of that. So thank you again for your time and looking forward to future conversations with you, Bryce. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Peace. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Beyond Air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your microphone and broadcasting your message to the world. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how I can help you on your broadcasting journey by getting in touch with me and maybe even apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. Until next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks, and thanks for tuning in to Be On Air.